cool. We're going to do the Avengers. But with magic. Open your mouth, prepare your tongue, because you're about to get a taste. I cannot believe we've gone 12 episodes without me being able to talk about Final Fantasy. Well, I know the doll is bad, so I gotta think the dusty balloon is less bad. I mean, if all life everywhere ends, what have I that's lost? Facial hair as a theme is not something I ever would have chosen. So Yeah, that's the one that Rock is just sweaty the whole time. Yeah. He's got that good, good pony Jafar beard. <laughs> I've got three pages of AMA citations. This is the Debate This Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comics, video games, and how Nintendo slow-rolling their announcement for an Animal Crossing game for Switch should be a prosecutable offense. That's, that's will this, fair. Will this go out after E3? I don't know. When is E3? Yeah, E3 always <laughs> sneaks up on me. Because yeah. it's like E3 teasers yeah. for three weeks, and then E3 for two weeks, and then yeah. like E3 Fallout for three weeks. I think so it's, it's at the end like, of June. Yeah. Okay. Wait, we're talking about Fallout again? No, no, we're not. Talking. <laughs> oh, right, go okay. <laughs> e- E3 and San Diego Comic Con both are never scheduled. We just are inside of them. That's yeah. yeah. They just happen. I don't know when they're happening. They just are. And the elite, the elite show up. Yes. Um. So today we're recording another special episode, a new edition of Flavor Text, following up our part one of the lore behind Magic: The Gathering. Um, if you missed that first episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Um, Spoiler alert, it's metal as fuck. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, real good. It um, so we, we covered all of the Urza saga in that episode. Today we'll be covering what um, I, I guess could be called the Gatewatch saga, which we'll get into that. To help you all understand and guide you along this, um, I am joined today uh, by Todd Gideon Jora Thomas. Andrew Tezzeret the Seeker Henderson, and Matt Garrick Wildspeaker Cole. We're going to catch them all up and you all up with the Magic of the Gathering story, um, where it is at today. Um, so this is taking us from about 2008-ish to today. So about 10 years of lore in the next couple hours. I like the continuity that you gave us characters from all the colors you gave us last time. Well done. Oh. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm that impressed both by Kyle doing that and Andrew realizing that he did that. <laughs> so, bef- but before we start, uh, we there was a very relevant piece of news to this episode, particularly. Um, I would be very remiss if I didn't mention it. As of this recording, Netflix announced a Magic: The Gathering animated series uh, to be directed by the Russo brothers of Community and, more importantly, the MCU fame. He didn't lead with MCU. Nope. <laughs> communities, communities, the, you know, communities, the Russo brothers. <laughs> I like, I like to go, I like to go in, in uh, chronological order mm-hmm. if I can. Good. But um, there's not much other information except one of the characters we're talking about today was included on the promo art. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. But uh, based on what, what Wizards has been pushing for the last 10 years, I'm guessing a large part of what will be involved in that series we're going to talk about today. They've really dived into the, the Gatewatch and want to continue that story, so I think we'll be getting that today. So, let's dive in. So we wrapped up a lot of 
epilogue of what would be called what could be referred to as the Urza saga. Um, Urza and his fight with the Phyrexians and all the fallout from that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Gatewatch saga. Um, so if the Urza saga was wizards kind of doing their big like Dune esque Star Trek sci-fi. Um, Gatewatch is wizards trying to do the MCU. Interesting. They're getting the Avengers initiative together and they're, they're kicking down doors and, and kicking ass and taking names. So after wizards had wrapped up the Urza saga, Urza saga, they didn't quite know what to do. Um, they knew they kind of beat Dominaria to death and couldn't, really keep like couldn't draw any more water out of that well so they took their idea of this kind of big multiverse with characters that can travel through it and played with that space for a little bit they started telling these smaller one-off stories on different planes and some of these early ones they worked back into the bigger story uh the big one being um ravnica kind of was the standalone plane that was really popular is now kind of the base of operations for everything like Dominaria was in the Urza saga. So like another Earth analog, basically? It's an Earth, kind of an Earth analog. It's, uh, Ravnica's this, like, it, the whole plane is covered by city. It's, there's no wilderness or anything else. It's all city built on top of city, built like, on top of it's city. It's like Coruscant. It's like Coruscant, <laughs> exactly. Okay, wait, here's a question that probably doesn't matter but i'm gonna ask it anyway was razica cre like was the plain barassica <laughs> created my, my favorite fast casual place <laughs> brassica was was the plain brassica created as covered in cities or was it once wilderness and then something something the terran showed up and built a civilization so a little of both it started out um as just one big city that kind of grew and grew and grew and grew to cover the whole plane. Um, I want to save some of this because I, if I, if I do get a part three, I think I'll just, do, <laughs> I'll just do Ravnica because it's my my favorite plane and there's a lot of good story there. But um, it's like ten thousand years of history built from this one big city to this city covering plane. And there's all there's all ten two color factions all having to work together to do it, and they're like bound by this magical contract that they have to fulfill these roles. It's really really cool, really fun. Not important to anything I'm going to talk about today, though. So cool. if I get a part three, we'll get into Ravnica because it is my favorite, but not today. Awesome. So like I said, they worked some of these some of these one offs. Back into the main story, they tied some Easter eggs in. Um, they spent a whole year at a, a Japanese folklore-inspired plane just to tie it back into the story with, like, introducing the ancient ancestor of the one human who was able to, like, draw a drop of blood from Nicole Bolas. Like, that's the, <laughs> like, that's the kind of tie-ins they, they bring. Is, like, we're, in, we're in filler episode territory. 
filler. They nice. do a few years of filler episodes. Mm-hmm. Also around this time, Wizards of the Coast was bought up by um, Hasbro, um, who wanted to turn this and Dungeons and Dragons into two of their big like flagship properties. Obviously, um, more or less forced and more or less forced them out of their like kind of aimless storytelling into like, hey, let's make some marketable characters, get some real branding, and like put you guys on the main stage with like DC Comics, Marvel Comics. Like you've got you've got that history, you've got those characters. Let's let's do something with it. And they did. This was also around the time the MCU was starting to get some real buzz. Um about the time uh Hasbro bottom up was a right after like right between the first Captain America and before the Avengers movie came out. So seeing the writing on the wall, Wizards was like, cool, we're going to do the Avengers. But with magic. <laughs> like, sweet. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's not. even formula. Yeah. It's, yep. It works. Um, the, the, the fans ca- caught on to this kind of early on. Um, they effectively, we'll, we'll get into it a little later. They have a cute little, uh, nickname for them that we'll talk about once i introduce the characters which happens to be time to introduce the characters um <laughs> what a segue. excellent segue <laughs> oh man that's what i'm here for. that's why you guys keep me around right my good segues. <laughs> um so they just they came up with this idea of uh, a team of planeswalkers that travel the multiverse stopping big bads and they kind of they kind they they introduced a lot of planeswalkers in that like that off period. So they narrowed it down to these six so far that are like the gatewatch. So the first one um is a Johnny Goldmane. He is a green white aligned um Leonin or cat. It's a cat person, a humanoid cat planeswalker. It's it's very metal. It is it is very very good he's your first picture in uh in the images by the way khajiit has wares um do you say <laughs> johnny johnny goldman no like no johnny it's, goldman it's, like no johnny. i thought he said that too it's 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 a johnny a johnny ah, a johnny yeah a singular johnny okay, one, one but one but johnny one goldman. johnny yeah johnny so johnny goldman <laughs> no this guy looks like if king from tekken played dungeons and dragons yeah the it's the guy the guy his head looks like the white ranger's sword handle yeah yeah, yeah that's the one that's the one todd you win you know this folks round. you don't folks you don't even need to look up the photos we're just <laughs> describing it to you in this audio format i mean it works when you're right you're right um so so johnny specializes in kind of buff magic he he you know doles out buffs to his party members he's good at at taking your inner strength and making it stronger um, is his whole thing. He's a swole um, boy. He's a real he's swole boy. Real, real swole, beefy boy. Um, his little backstory is he was, um, his brother was leader of his tribe, died under mysterious circumstances, and when Ajani found his dead body, it ignited his spark, and he went on kind of a journey to find his brother's killer. And he found him, and we'll get to that. Next, we have Jace Bellerin, um, a blue-aligned mind mage specializing in illusions and telepathy. Um, his spark was ignited after he found out his teacher was kind of 
using him for espionage work and secret hits um, and then would like erase his memories when he got back. That's that's that movie with the curved bullet and the sewing of the blankets. That's that movie. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more Winter Soldier as I was typing it up, but that yeah, works sounds too. sounds Winter Soldier, but it could also be um, whatever that wanted. movie is that they there was wanted. a lot of yeah. so, there was a lot of sewing and wanted. There was I a lot of that. sewing and wanted. So he, you know, he killed his mentor and went on, and planes walked away and um, did his whole thing. He was kind of the face of planeswalkers for a while in the beginning, and a lot of a lot of players didn't like him because he's he was started out kind of bratty and whiny. Um, they've done a lot of good work with his character since then, but he's the the face of the Gatewatch, so to speak, and players hate him for it. But also, he's the most popular planeswalker according to all their research, so you figure that one out. We we all acknowledge that he just looks like Doctor Strange, right? I. I was going to say he's got some real Robin vibes. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that. He's more of like the, the cloaked Robin situation. Yeah, going on I'll, I'll meet you in the middle with Green Arrow. Pull, <laughs> yeah, pull back that hood. He's, he's got a real like, he's got a real fuckboy look about him. Uh, <laughs> which also doesn't help, doesn't help the players liking him. Um, so after Jace, we have Chandra Nalar, a red-aligned pyromancer. That's the guy who directs all of the Broken Lizard movies. <laughs> um, she's, she's really good at burning rate and things. She's my favorite. She's yeah. awesome. She looks super rad. She is a one-trick pony of burning things to the ground, um, and she's really, really good at it. Her spark ignited um, when she was captured as part of a rebellion on her home plane, um, kind of unleashed this big explosion to kill everybody in the vicinity. And um, accidentally killed her father in the process, so she kind of shamefully planes walked away and swore to herself never to, like, do that much destruction again, but uh, we'll see about that. Hey, Kyle, does she do that much destruction again? We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> um, so we go from her to Nissa Ravan, a green align elf land mage. Um, specializing in creating and controlling element elementals and manipulating mana. It's poison ivy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's originally from Zendikar, one of the planes the main part of this story takes place on. Um, she started out really like really racist against non-elf uh, races. And they dialed her back a little bit to only kind of racist against non-elf races. Um, but she's very much like I will protect Zendikar. I'm my plane and my people come first. And that's her little character work. Um, I don't know her or I don't know if we know her origins, but I don't. So it's not as important to her character as the will stop at nothing to protect Zendikar. Bits. This is kind of a side question, but in the, do you know, like, so there's like this whole like race of elves, like they're like, they're just like straight up fantasy elves. Do they come from a particular plane or is it just like elves are a kind of race everywhere? Elves are a kind of race everywhere. Some planes don't have elves. Like we'll, we're going to go to Innistrad. Um, Innistrad only has humans, but some planes have elves. Some planes don't. So as, after Nyssa, we have Gideon Jura, another white aligned um, kind of soldier, magical soldier type planeswalker. Boring. He's, 
specializes yeah. <laughs> in combat magic. Um, and he is his whole thing is he is invincible. He can't uh, be killed by he can't be harmed by any hands except his own. Um, he starts out as kind of a uh, he's a real square when he starts out. I was say he sounds yeah. like a real boner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean he can he super sucks. He can be harmed by his own hands because I assume that he shaved that terrible facial hair. Yeah. Yeah, got, him got him. Take that, Gideon. <laughs> have have that card. He's only indestructible from the outside. Yes. He's uh he is from a it's like ancient Greek themed plane called Theros that isn't important to this overall story, but that's where he's from. We have and we have Liliana Vess uh rounding out the team. She's the last one to join. Um she's a black aligned necromancer who does all the bag of tricks you would expect from a necromancer zombies decaying magic death kind of looks like bayonetta she's yeah. my favorite i don't care about anybody else she's my favorite of course she is she's the sex demon um, <laughs> i it was more just for the like goth aesthetic and the zombies in the background one of which is wearing a pirate hat which means we've got zombie pirates in this timeline that that's why she's my favorite we sure hmm. do matt um so <laughs> she was originally a healing cleric um from dominaria you know, the main the main plane that the story took place on in the Urza saga. So we're coming back to that plane as well. Um, who looked into more darker magics when her brother died or got really sick. I can't quite remember. And I'm not um this was not the period of time that I was playing a ton of magic, so I don't have all the details pounded out. But she turned turned to dark magic to try and save her brother. Um did quote unquote, but um Turned him into a lich in the process, ignited her spark. Um, she is an older planeswalker. She's a um a couple hundred years old because I think I have a thousand. It's a couple hundred years old. Um, she's sold her soul more or less to uh, four demons across the the multiverse, um, which is a main story point. Um, they you know they've granted her power and youth and and all kinds of fun stuff that you sell your sell your living soul to demons for the usual hmm. mm -hmm. she was the last to join um because she didn't didn't really you know was in it for herself kind of thing she only really joined because um she figured a group of planeswalker friends would be really helpful in freeing her from these demon contracts she's tied up in and uh that becomes a story point a little later on because every group needs a black widow character exactly yeah. that's what that is right. a hero yeah. that doesn't want to be there but something something happens and her friends help her survive something and then she does want to be there but continues to act and, like she doesn't and power of friendship get ready to say power <laughs> of friendship is. a lot andrew because the power of friendship the power of friendship a lot. i i couldn't help but map on the entire teen titans to the gatewatch team yep i had that's a, a better, same thought yeah that's a that's a way better fit than uh than the MCU for sure. I think yeah. I'm having, I'm able to fit an analog for everyone except for Cyborg, um, which I think he would be a uh, swole cat, Johnny swole cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. Cyborg has kind of a Gideon feel to me. That too. Yeah. One, either one of the lame white ones. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, so, I mean, Cyborg's kind of a boner. Like He's super a boner. He is. That's why he needs to be a boner white, white or a uh, white color. 
Well, all of these, all of these characters are just begging to be made into Dungeons and Dragons, either PCs or NPCs. Like that's all this is. Like mm-hmm. one, it's 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 chicken and the egg over and over and again. Because <laughs> and because Wizards owns them, they're actually mm-hmm. some of the planes we'll talk about today have D and D tie-in books with nice. Um, I know for sure there is a. Uh, they have a special class of sorcerer, I think it is. That is just um, Chandra, Chandra's power set. Like it's just nice. We took a a pyro. We took a fire sorcerer and dialed her numbers in a little tighter to be mm-hmm. more fiery, and released it with one of the books. Brad. So as I said, the fans all kind of caught on that they were doing the superhero team up story. And affectionately referred to this group with Jace as the face as the Jastus League. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Um, I just I would have been really sad if I didn't get to work that in there because that is an excellent pun that the community came up with around this time. I like to think that hit like the internet and then the developers at Wizards were like, oh man, all right. <laughs> so Wizards uh, Wizards around this time, too, got really good at, like, they res- responding to everyone on Twitter and Tumblr and all that. And they, they openly admit, like, they're not fans of the, the name Jastus League because they want to be their own thing, but, like, also can't fault the players for coming yeah. up with it. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into the story, shall we? You guys ready? You got any questions? I'm Comments? So concerns? I'm, I am. All, my body is also ready. Yep. Last Last digs to make at these characters before we before we take off with them. Jace is the kind of guy that would say right makes might. <laughs> or not Jace, but um, but what's his name? Gideon. Uh, Gideon. Gideon is the kind of guy that would say yeah. right makes might. Yeah. 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 I'm going to try really hard to work in a Josie and the Pussycats joke here and say that this could have also been called a Johnny and the jace cats nope i hated it go ahead kyle i'm done today it's a good it's a real good thing you edit this show because you can cut that out no one will ever know you made good thing our listeners will never hear that they just heard silence for a second yeah they did all right go ahead kyle all right so our story begins on um the plane alara which is a johnny's home plane alaria alara is very interesting in that it is a plane broken up into like five smaller subplanes or shards and there's a weird a, a whole thing about like each plane only has access to three colors of mana and that shapes uh the society on each plane it's really cool that part of it isn't super important to the overall story um but what is important is um these five shards are rejoining in to create like a whole alara again um no one knows why it's just happening, but at the center of where they're rejoining is this very powerful, like, storm of magic and mana, and our old friend, who we mentioned very, very early on in the last um, episode of this, Nicole Bolas, wants to tap into this maelstrom of magic and use it to kind of restore his power that he lost. From. I'd like to quickly point out, sorry to interrupt, a friend of the show, Tom Zalat and I uh, pointed out over Twitter uh, <laughs> that it's Nicole Bolas, like N-I-C-O-L-E. It's, and it was really funny that he made that comment. Now I couldn't stop hearing it. Oh, yeah. Like, it, uh, it, like you know, my friend, Nicole Bolas. He's a very, 
a very ancient, powerful dragon with a with a '90s girl name. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hear the emphasis on the C. That's how. That's what keeps me from thinking Nicole. It's Nicole. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that. Yeah, Ni- Nicole. Well, I don't know. And then I then I hear like nickel, like the five cent piece. I hear it <laughs> more with an E. Like the I pronounced as an E. Like Nicole Bolus. If it helps on the card, he is a. Plain, his planeswalker type is bolus, so bolus is the the emphasis. And I'll and when I shorten it, I'll re- be referring to him as bolus, not appreciate Nicole. that. Yeah, great. Gotcha. Um, so as these shards are, are rejoining, there's some some overlaps of these five shards, and like you know, lands crashing into each other, power struggles and convergences can occur, and bolus uses this confusion to hide that he is trying to steal this plane's mana. Um, he finds on this pla- on one of the shards Sarkin Vol, a dragon-worshipping red shaman planeswalker, and Tezzeret the Seeker, um, a blue artificer planeswalker. Um, he's got a sweet, like, living metal arm. It's super cool. Yeah. They both sh- keep showing up. To be a couple of his agents in this power grab. Um, he also kills Ajani's brother to uh, destabilize some of that white-aligned power that would oppose him. Um, so Ajani finds out that it's Bolas that killed his brother, goes on this nice rampage to avenge his brother. Um, actually, his card that comes out during this time is actually white and red to uh, kind of signify his anger and mm. vengeance at the time, um, which is pretty cool. And he fights Bolas in this, in this like ver- vortex of converging mana and is actually able to like use some of it to make himself more powerful and is about to land this killing blow when uh, Bola- Nicole Bolas uses that power and like planeswalks both of them away. Um, you know, robbing Ajani of his revenge, kind of ending his plans there. But saved his life, and he's got these two planeswalker servants under his control. Bad guy gets away. Yeah, bad guy mm-hmm. gets away. So from there, we move on to um, Zendikar. Uh, Bolas, Nicole Bolas sets his sights on Zendikar. It's a plane with, that's known for just having a ton of active mana um, all over it. Um, because of this, it's been a popular site for planeswalkers to hide treasures and things over the millennia um partially because go ahead me, sorry question so do do normal in this world maybe you don't know the answer to this do most people know that there are other planes and if so do they know what other planes like how does he just know like i'm ahead over zendikar they've got some mana um they've laid out through kind of some side stories that know your average even your average magic user doesn't know that there are other planes um there are rumors so there are people that do pick up on it and hear rumors and obviously the planeswalkers know of it and like there's a whole planeswalker social um, media their fucking network sure (laughs) sure there's a whole like communication between planeswalkers and like share wealth of information they share too there's a planeswalker Um, yelp but i like dominaria (laughs) five of five stars all through uh through you know whispers and rumors and and nothing concrete but um so 
so Zendikar has this reputation though as being this like it's it's uh the wizards pitched it as adventure planet or the D&D plane. <laughs> um, it's okay, okay, Marvel has done Battle World, so Adventure Planet oh, is yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, uh. It's, you know, filled with traps, and, like, the, the, the landscape is constantly, like, shifting and moving things around. So it was a, it's a good place to hide your treasure, which is what, uh, sure. what, what Bolas, Nicole Bolas is seeking out a particular treasure there. Um, so he sends um, Sarkin to to watch this temple site where he knows he knows something is something good is kept in the temple because it is sealed away by some really powerful magic that he can't crack sarkin having found what he believes to be the biggest baddest dragon to worship is like yes sir like tell me what to do big bad dragon i'm here to do it so he guards this <laughs> temple Dragon is, Daddy, yeah. tell me. <laughs> Guide me, and, Dragon Daddy. And is slowly going insane from a combination of, like, worshipping this crazy dragon and, like, the magic that's surrounding him. He's slowly go he's going bonkers nice. alone here. We also find uh, Chandra there on Zendikar, who is hoping to use this extra mana. Um, and I think she's going for a, a scroll for a big fire spell. Um, to learn to learn new fire spells. Um, so she gets roped into the the quest, into a quest to the same temple that Sarkin is guarding, because you know, whoever told her about the scroll then told her to go here. Um, and she runs into Jace, who doesn't trust her not to not to ruin things with this quest, um, or just ruin things in general, because she's this um reckless fire mage. So he comes along too, and all the attention this temple is getting attracts the vampire planeswalker Soren Markov to the plane, who is one of the planeswalkers who set up all the magical traps on this temple site. He's he gets a little alarm that's like, "Hey, people are messing with your uh, your seal that you set," and goes to check it out. He's he's vampire Sephiroth. Yeah, I was going to say Vampire Sephiroth 100% of the way. He's Vampire Sephiroth. One hundred, like, not inaccurate in the least. Vampire Sephiroth. He is the core of two of my decks. <laughs> he yeah. is, he is, he was a fan favorite, for sure. I love um, Soren. He just is so, like, so anime looking. Yep. So just JRPG yeah. anime, big sword. Wizards, yeah. Wizards really leaned into, like, what does our demographic like? Let's do that. This was also 2012, 2013. Right around the time uh, Twilight was popular. Twilight was uh, out. Um, yeah. Death Note was really popular. Yeah. Bleach, Bleach the anime was really popular. Yeah. yeah, if you're not looking at the picture, imagine a, a, a good merging of all those properties and you have Soren. Because he is, he, yeah, just very, very anime, very mm -hmm. teen, teen angst, but in a in a thousand year old body. As I recall, Innistrad was all mostly just like sexy vampires. Well, we'll get to Innistrad <laughs> and, it's, and it's sexy vampires soon. Okay. Well, I gotta like, I gotta give a little shout out to wizards on that one because so many people are like, okay, we know what our fans like, but how can we try to twist that and bring in new fans to make more money? And wizards yeah. was like, our nerds want anime. Give our nerds anime. Yeah. I mean, like they, they were so wizards is, 
will be the first to admit like their target is teenagers. They're a, mm-hmm. they call themselves a, a PG 13 game. And like, you know what nerdy teenagers like vampires, anime dragons, like, and they lean and, and the MCU, like they leaned into it and it's, I think it's paid off for them. They I would say so. Yeah. It's kind of funny how it's like a weird timestamp on what was, what was really popular at that time too. Um, yeah. Well, you won't, it won't be as obvious as we go into it. Cause it turns into smaller, smaller parts of the story, but they, they keep that trend up. Like they, they really listened to their Tumblr uh, followers, especially. Good. And, uh, <laughs> and when, when Tumblr is really, really at peak Tumblr, um, so is magic, which is, I mean, not a bad thing, but it, it's definitely there. Listening to Tumblr is such a high risk move from a marketing <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Like it is high risk, high reward. It's pretty wild. They, they, they navigated it pretty well and it, it, it it's all, it all works pretty well within the story. Well, I'll talk, I'll, when I get to it, we'll get to it, but, um, it's, it's there. I'll, I'll point out, I'll tell you the, the story beat and then I'll say that's when they were really listening to Tumblr. Um, yeah. So, so Soren shows up, he recruits the help of Nissa, a native of Zendikar, basically telling her that if this seal is opened, if they unlock what he sealed away, it could destroy Zendikar. So all five of these planeswalkers end up at this temple and fight because they all want different. Somehow their fight, I knew it at one point. I didn't feel like tracking it down because they, they sealed it away as like the, f- the flame of the dragon and the blah, blah, blah will unlock the seal. So like having a pyromancer and a mind mage and, and a dragon shaman there all met the requirements to unlock the seal. They um, got all the rings together and summoned Captain Planet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, wait, can I, can I ask a question here? Um, yes. So you said all of these people fight. Now, I th- are, are Jace, Chandra, and Nyssa not all part of the Jacedis League yet? Has that not happened? That has not happened yet. Okay, So it's it. kind. So Jace and Chandra fought a little earlier, and now are like, I don't like you, but I respect you. Let's go to this temple. So they're kind of on the same side. Sure. Soren and Nyssa are are aside, and then like Sarkin's his own thing. Got it. So they all fight, and that unlocks the the that breaks the seal. Um, the seals start to open, and Soren is like, "Hey guys, it's not too late. Like we can all work together and close it. Like our power is unlocked. It they can relock it if you guys just listen to me." And um, Nyssa thinking like hey this great power is coming out i could use it to like protect zendikar from these planeswalkers and drive them off always works is like (laughs) screw you and like punches the it does whatever to the seal to make it open faster and it's bad it's really dang it's It's really really bad (laughs) um so the seal opens and the these eldritch monstrosities these incomprehensibly maddening beings known as the eldrazi spill forth if you want to go ahead and open 10 11 and 12 yeah they're sick um i was gonna say we better have pictures of this this is the part we call oops all cthulhu 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you got you got Cthulhu in my in my Magic the Gathering. You got Magic the Gathering in my Cthulhu. Um, so, oh man. Oh man. It's like everything I always wanted Tentacruel to be. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that em, is that Emrakul? That is yes. 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 The one whose name sounds kind of like Tentacruel. Yeah, the exact one. So these are the three um these are the three Eldrazi oh, Titans, quote unquote. Um, the the biggest ones, the one the only ones with like sentience. Um, but so Kozelik, Ulamog, and Emrakul in that order. If you look at the pictures, but with them like swarms and hordes and unbelievable numbers of like Eldrazi spawn also come out. So smaller versions of them that just come out and wreck everything. Like they just they're mindless destruction machines of unknown unfathomable origins holy shit um and it's bad it's really really bad and everyone is kind of like oh no this is bad and like uh soren is like um yeah oh, dang <laughs> oh, oh oh farts oh farts oh heck so having unlocked the temple nicole bolas calls um sarkin back um soren knowing he can't fight the Eldrazi like this also leaves Chandra, Dr- Jace and uh, Nissa all stay because they're like young bloods who think they can do something about this, but, <laughs> but they can't. Um, so we leave Zendikar in that state. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's really, it's really bad. To be, we, to be continued. To be continued on Zendikar. And we go to Innistrad. Um, yeah. we, 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 uh, the, the, the sets visit a couple other planes in the meantime, but they're not important. Next one important to the story is Innistrad, which can only be described as the Gothic horror plane. Um, it's got, it's got vampires, it's got werewolves, it's got zombies and ghosts and, and mad scientists and all, just all the things you associate with Gothic horror. It's Halloween town. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it is Halloween Town, the magic set. And like they, they, I think, I'm pretty sure they slow rolled it. So it like dropped in October instead of September that year. And like, good. It was mm-hmm. this set, and Andrew can attest to this, was a home run. This Innistrad was like a winner by all metrics. It is another one of my favorite planes. Yep. But it, luckily it ties into the story, so we get to talk about it. I, uh, I had, this is a fat pack that I had. Yeah. Well, what's, what's funny, some, some behind the scenes, and you're obviously going to tell us, like, you've already described a bit of what Innistrad looks like. I don't know anything about that, but one of the most well-received D&D play modules is Curse of Strahd. Oh. Which, like, yeah. which I'm sure Innistrad also plays in at some point in something. But, like, Curse of Strahd... Like they definitely like used something there and it is a like gothic horror setting. Yeah. Well, yeah. and this was you said 2012-ish. This is peak gothic horror is pop culture. Yep. Like this is Twilight, this is Teen Wolf, this is Being Human, the US. Uh, true True Blood was really big at true the time. Because yeah. I know Christian Christian played with me at the time and he kept bringing up True Blood when we were playing. And like um, this is when the First resurgence of Buffy the Vampire Slayer yep. hit the internet. Like, mm-hmm. man, yeah. yeah. They've 
Wow, good for you guys, Wizards of the <laughs> Coast. Way to SEO your way into a bajillion dollars. Yeah, it was it was a, a slam dunk, a home run, uh, a touchdown, all the sports metaphors you want to use. So we we go to Innistrad where we find a very at home uh, Liliana who is you know just just loving the abundance of zombies and this is her aesthetic. Yeah, her aesthetic. Um, she's she's doing good and um, and Soren um, back on his home plane. This is where Soren is from. So on Innistrad, the humans are fighting this kind of losing battle for their lives against all of the the vampires, werewolves, zombies, etc. That want to kill them. Before Soren had left, they had been under the protection of um, an angel, this archangel he created called Avacyn. Yes, this vampire made an angel to protect the humans. The whole thing. <laughs> Basically, he knew he knew if like the the monsters were allowed to run wild, like they'd kill all the humans and they'd have nothing to to feed off of. So like he made this angel to kind of as to act as kind of a game warden. So like. <laughs> they didn't hunt the humans to death. <laughs> the most dangerous game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but she's been missing a, a while. Um, and without her protection, the humans aren't doing good at all. Like, they're, a lot of the, the magic humans use is based on, like, faith and holiness. And without their, their beacon of faith, they, they're not as strong. So they're not doing well. Liliana is here on Innistrad because she knows that is where one of her demon owners bristlebrand lives um and there's a picture of him in the pictures yeah he's he's he is diablo from mm-hmm. diablo yeah yeah he's got big old hook knife hands and and a diablo a head hand. and um he's the only one of her demon omen- owners i'm gonna name because he's the only one i remembered because he's awesome bristlebrand um, sounds like a steakhouse in texas yeah. yeah. Gristlebrand it, would be working at the steakhouse in Texas with those <laughs> fucking knife hands. Yeah. So is so is Grizzlebrand also then a, a card? Like Yes. Oh god. Yeah. Um Gristlebrand wa- was one of the few cards in Magic history that um has the distinction of being banned before it was released. <laughs> people are just, oh, people are like no, just no. Ahead of time no because he he's very he's he costs like 7 or 8 mana, which is very expensive, but he he has the ability to pay 7 life, draw 7 cards, which is bananas. Shit. Bananas strong. So if you cheat him out early, um you can activate it like two or three times and draw half your deck. Um like turn 1 and just do some busted things. So he is one of the few cards that it's to say he was banned before anyone could play with him in competitive play, at least. So she's there looking for Gristlebrand, but can't find him. Um, Gristlebrand and Avacyn are both MIA. Um, she encounters a blue aligned Soratami uh, moon, or Moonfolk planeswalker. That, that's, um, that's a race from the, the Japanese folklore set. It was a fun little callback they threw in to, uh, to give people like me uh, some fan service. Um, but uh, Tamio, who I've got a picture of there. Um, oh, she's fun. Made yeah. swing away from Grizzlebrand. Got to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. She, she, is, she is there. She, she has like research and moon magic, whatever you want to define that as. She's there to study the, this weird moon because like there's werewolves and like, 
things that get more powerful under this moon. It's got crazy properties unlike anywhere else. So she's there to study the moon. And if she were a Pokemon, she'd be fairy type. Yeah. It, yep. She's there. She kind of points. She's there to point Liliana in the right direction. She's the um, Oracle. The, yeah. So Tamyo points Liliana to this giant sculpted hunk of silver called the Hell Vault. Got a picture there for you. Um, because she's noticed it has a lot of the same properties as this moon. And she thinks it's been acting as a prison on this plane. While all of this is going on, Liliana is being hunted by uh, Garuk, Garrick Wildspeaker, I should say. Garrick is how you pronounce it. Um, who, having felt he's hunted oh, fuck yeah. enough of every beast yeah. across the plains, um, wants to hunt a little more dangerous game, planeswalkers, and sets his sights out for Liliana because they had a little tussle earlier on before this all starts. I... Love this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Garuk is hella bloodborne. I love Matt, this. Matt, yeah. when we're done, you need to look up all of the, like, there's a few different Garuk cards, a different iterations of him. And yeah. they're all, they're all like Matt Cole designed. <laughs> like they're all Matt Cole. Are all of his cards made in such a way where his battle axe could be replaced with a guitar? I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks like he could grind out some some real shit right now. He is straight up out of Guitar Hero. <laughs> I'll let I'll let you do that research and decide, Todd, but I think you're going to like the answer. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with schmefinitely. Yeah. Um, uh, so real quick, for everyone playing at home, I think we're up to image 16, yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Liliana obviously doesn't like being hunted and um, puts a curse on Garrick, kind of twisting him, corrupting him. And now he's he's gone even further past, like, just wanting to hunt planeswalkers to, like, having this compulsive need to seek out and kill every planeswalker. Uh, because of this, he, he turns from, like, a, a very green-aligned planeswalker into a green black aligned planeswalker who's just kind of out for blood and and hatred so liliana with her new you know she checks out the hell vault thinks everything tamia told her is uh checks out she goes to soren and is like hey i think we're looking for two different people but i think they're in the same place um i think avison's in the trapped in the hell vault somehow um you should open it up and get her out not really mentioning the powerful demon that is also trapped in there with her. Whoops. Um, so Soren does that, breaks it open, frees all the all the prisoners that have been trapped in the, that he's trapped in there over the years. Uh, the Hell Vault is a creation of Soren's, and Av- lo and behold, Avison and Gristlebrand both appear out of the Hell Vault. Um, as Avison immediately like flies off to go help the humans, and the humans are able to finally like score some major wins against the monsters that are fighting him back. And Liliana uh, kills, kills, kills Gristlebrand, um, you know, freeing her from one of her four, the first of her four kind of contract she's in. Nice. Soren, now confident that his home plane is safe again, uh, goes off to find a way to help Zendikar seal away these Eldrazi before they um, can leave Zendikar and cause more damage. And he goes looking for one of the other original planeswalkers who helped 
um, seal them away the first time. Um, and it, it happens to be another elder dragon, um, similar to Nicole Bolas, but this one's named, uh, Ugin. And nice. I, we've got a picture. Oh yeah. We skipped a little bit, but, um, we skipped his, his bones, but, um, <laughs> well, so okay. now, now when you say something like that, you're going to have to go back and unskip his bones. Oh, we'll get to his bones. Um, so Ugin is like this, he's Kyle like, can't wait to skip his bones. He's a, he's a Ugin. The spirit dragon is his, his title. Cool. Um, he is a colorless planeswalking dragon who, uh, does really cool time trap time magic and, and colorless oh, ghosty things. Um, He's Ugin's, rad looking. Ugin's so cool. He follows some clues and some, some energy signatures Ugin left behind and um, goes to the last place he can confirm Ugin was, which was this kind of tribal plane uh, Tarkir. Um, Tarkir is loosely based on like ancient um, Mongolia, that like hmm. Middle Asia kind of. Um, some, some really cool, uh, setting there. Um, it's also Sarkin's home plane. So he, um, you know, he gets, he's, he's kind of released from Nicole Bolas. Nicole Bolas thinks he's served his purpose. So he kind of releases him, but, um, he is driven. He's his experience on Zendikar has driven him crazy. Um, he is, he is hearing, hearing a voice in his head, speak to him seeing visions, not really able to decipher what is real and what's a vision and having a general bad time. Um, so he goes back to his home plane, Tarkir, um, to join up with his tribe and hoping to seek help from one of the shamans in his tribe or free himself from the visions and voices through help there. Um, so Sarkin arrives on Tarkir and he finds the voice in his head is louder. And um, he learns that the voice in his head is actually Ugin. Um, Ugin has been talking to him. Um, he kind of got in his head on Zendikar as well. Instead Ugin's of Nicole Bola and Nicole Ugin, Bola. Ugin's left his imprint on a, a lot of places. He's okay. a, um, so like with Nicole Bolas and opening his mind, Ugin kind of slipped into and Oof. steered Sarkin <laughs> to back to Tarkir. Brother's got a lot of baggage. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's in a, he's in a bad way right now. <laughs> um, so Ugin follows this voice and these visions and about the same time Soren does, they both up end up at the final resting place of um, Ugin. They fight. Um, now, if you want to open uh, 18 U Ugin's bones, um, they end up at this very, how like the skeleton of Ugin's that's just like radiating this like heavy amounts of magic and time confluxes and everything. Once they stumble upon Ugin's grave, um, Ugin takes Sarkin and pulls him backwards in time back to um, an earlier time on Tarkir when Ugin was alive. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> Are you saying, wait a minute. Are you saying Sarkin done got norted? He, he, yes. <laughs> he, got, he, got the, he got the nort treatment. <laughs> he got norted. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, 
See, don't ruin this for me, Andrew. I actually enjoy this yeah. right now. <laughs> don't, don't bring your dirty Kingdom Hearts cooties into this story. Something, something, power of friendship. So, so, um, Ugin ends up back in time and he's, he's free of these visions and the voices in his head, but he is face to face with the spirit dragon Ugin, which is when you should have opened 19. Got it. Um, um, Ugin dumps a whole bunch of exposition on him, basically saying like, Hey, your tribe helped kill all the dragons on Tarkir. Um, and while that was going on, I was in a like very mortal battle with Nicole Bolas who left me here for dead. And then your tribe like helped finish, like helped kill me. Um, but if you stay and help me not die, that would be really good for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> that, that'd be pretty, that'd be a real bro move. If you did <laughs> be that pretty cash money of you to help <laughs> me not die. Um, he also tells them about the Eldrazi, um, um, dropping a nice little tidbit that um, outright killing the Eldrazi is probably bad because they're a very ancient uh, magic as well, tied to the foundations of the multiverse. Um, and if Sarkin can stop Ugin from being killed right now, um, there'll be dragons on your plane again when you go back forward in time. And then I'll still be around to help Nicole Bolas both help stop Nicole Bolas, both things you probably want. Uh, you being a dragon worshiping shaman. So this is just like straight up take the hero back in time to save the past so that the past can come forward and save the present story. It's, it's a back it's a back to the future episode of magic. Got yes. it. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Um so Sarkin succeeds. He, you know, saves Ugin. Um they go back forward in time and there's all these repercussions. They do the they do a lot of cool things in the set where like the first set you, they show the plane with no dragons and who's in charge and, and all these different um, power structures. And then they do the set back in time and then they go forward in time again. And all of a sudden there's dragons, all the people who are in charge are now like slaves to these dragons because the dragons were around oh the whole time. So they do nice. a lot of nice callbacks. And what do you mean training. by that? Like these were two different sets or it was like, so this was a, this was a, a three set block. Okay. Um, that this story took place over. So like the first set was cons of Tarkir where they set up the whole plane and, mm -hmm. and the story. And then they go do um, like, I think it's fate reforged where is the whole set in the past okay. and how, what he does there. And then the, the final set wrapping it up is back in the future with all the changes. Got it. That That's it's neat. done. That's really it's cool. really neat. Um, they do this, they do a, a really cool thing where they've got, uh, kind of crazy Soren in the or crazy Sarkin in the first set, and then in the in the uh, new set where he's fixed everything, he's like all self actualized, and he's got um, two other colors tied into his identity now. And he's like, not only am I not crazy, I can do more cool magic because I traveled through time, and it was really <laughs> sure, cool as and you do. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarkin goes back forward in time. Ugin is now alive still, and they're waiting for him. Um, Soren is still there, doesn't notice like the time changed around him, but is still there. He's, you know, whatever. Um, but he's happy to see Ugin again. Ugin um, leaves to deal directly with Nicole Bolas, and Soren leaves to Innistrad to 
um, look up how to track down Emrakul. Did I? I meant to put that back in. Emrakul. When the Emrakul th- bounced. When the three Eldrazi showed up on Zendikar, Emrakul was like, "Cool, I'm free." Deuces and like bounced. Um, <laughs> I'm, a other, big, I'm a big old cloud tentacle squid, and I'm a go elsewhere. And the two others stayed to to wreck Zendikar, and Emrakul was like. Peace. Bye. Um, so he, so Soren went off to to find where Emrakul went to, and um, Sarkin stays on Tarkir to be with his tribe and his dragon. Kind of a dick move, but sure. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. not he's not part of the Gatewatch. He's mm. he's just some guy. Um, so the story then takes us back to Zendikar. So we go back to Zendikar. We find Chandra, Gideon, Nissa, and Jace all working kind of on their own to fight the Eldrazi. They're not, you know, they're not working together. They're all, when they do, they fight. They don't like each other that much. You know, that, that classic before the team gets together, they hate yeah. each other trope. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the act. It's the act, the act two. Yeah. So the Eldrazi swarms are breaking down Zendikar, turning this like once vibrant, volatile landscape into these featureless wastelands. They're basically consuming all the mana and energy from Zendikar and leaving nothing in return. They all try their own plans to fight the Eldrazi. None of them work. And what kind of sets it off that they need to team up is they watch this other Zendikarian planeswalker, Eora. You can look her up. Um, She's a She's a merfolk who summons big ocean leviathans. Sure and, is. And, yeah. And krakens and things. She summons like four or five like krakens to fight the Eldrazi, the, one of the titans. I think it's uh, Kozelik, and just gets wrecked. Like they swarm this Eldrazi, and he's like shrug, and they all just like get obliterated. And she's like, okay, screw this. I'm out. Like, <laughs> sorry, Zendikar. Like, nothing I can do. So, um, so the remaining four are all like, "Well, that sucks." Um, maybe we, if we work together, we can beat the it. power of friendship. There it is, Todd. Um, so, so Jace comes up with the plan. Um, Gideon, being semi invincible, run goes and runs distraction kind of drawing the aggro and Nissa taps into the remaining mana on the plane and kind of funnels it into Chandra who makes two massive fireballs and just burns like just pumps all the mana on this plane into these fireballs and obliterates these two Eldrazi cool like they That's all sweet. uh Jace Jace helps Chandra you know control it a little bit so she doesn't go supernova and kill everybody again which is a fun it's a fun little callback to a very early um magic strat a magic deck very very early on where you um sacrificed all your lands and it made a ton of mana and you played fireball with it which got bigger the more mana you pumped into it so it's a fun little callback Mm. to the channel fireball deck as well from early magic but um that's just that's just for me. You guys don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's for Papa. That's for Papa. 
Um, oh, um, so they wait. I, I have yeah. a question. Um, yeah, Gideon, what kind of invincible is Gideon? Like, is Gideon the the Incredible Hulk kind, where like gets hit, gets angry, gets back up? Is Gideon the like the Casper, the friendly ghost kind, where you just can't <laughs> hit him? Or is Gideon like Kenny from South Park, where one of these Titans can just like stomp him into oblivion and he wakes up the next day? Kind of a combo between the Hulk and Kenny. Like, he can definitely take damage, but as long as, like, as long as there's, like, a part of him still alive, he won't die. Deadpool? Mm. Deadpool, Wolverine. Got it. Yeah. All all in there. I never thought of Casper the Friendly Ghost as the solid party tank, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying really hard to think of, like, like a Colossus type person, you know, you hit it with a steel beam and it just bends around it just him. Doesn't do anything. But yeah, yeah. he's not. Mm. He's not like Superman indestructible. Yeah, he's he's Wolverine Superman would have been a good analogy. <laughs> I guess yeah, you're right. that would have been a good I one. Just, what I like, what I was alluding to was just one of these massive titans just like stomping him into oblivion and him just like back at the front lines <laughs> um, or something like that, like. uh Doctor Strange in the movie Doctor Strange, where he does the time. <laughs> so it's a little, it's a little six of one, half done a dozen of the other. He can, he can get hurt, but um, he is very hard to kill if you don't like one hundred percent eliminate him. Got it. Um, so moving on. So they've they've killed the Eldrazi. They're all very happy, and they all take an oath. To, prefe- to protect the multiverse from from future threats, thus forming the Gateway, and they call themselves that at that time. This is when the Gatewatch is formed. There are four oath cards in this set that all that you know the oath of Gideon, the oath of Jace, the oath of Chandra, the oath of Nissa that all represent that oath and do different things. And it's a big, you know, we formed the Avengers moment. Yeah. This is a really sweet picture here. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cute. Everyone's very looking very heroic. Them looking out on a grateful universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that is cool. Moving on. They all they all separate to, you know, find the next thing they need to fight. And we follow Jace to to Innistrad, who's come to seek the aid of Liliana. Um, he wants her to join the Gatewatch. He's got a little. He's got a little thing with her. They have a little history at this point. Um, a little flirt, flirty thing going on. He finds her. She's back from freshly killing another one of her demon owners. And she's enjoying the power a necromancer wields on, on Innistrad. She's, you know, she's taken over a castle. She's got zombies, servants. She's got a castle. Waiting on her. Yeah. So she's she's living life. Um and basically tells Jace, like, absolutely not. Look at the look at this. Like, why why should I leave this to come help you? He just goes about like checking things out. He's on this plane, he's noticing some things are a little off, even for uh Halloween town, the plane. <laughs> um so he's following clues, he's seeing trying to figure out what some of these abnormalities he's been noticing, and he runs into Tamyo, who's noticed the same thing. Soren, also back home on his plane, 
notice it, also noticing strange things going on. He's been kind of getting reports that Avacyn has been a little bit overzealous in her protection of the humans and has gone from just protecting them to like actively hunting down uh, vampires, which are, you know, like the other race on this planet. Um, not necessarily what Soren wanted um, for her to do. Um, and also a lot of the humans who belong to her church are are going mad, like um, like driven to madness, seeing, you know, seeing visions, being a little ravenous. And they're, you know, doing the whole Salem thing where they're accusing people of being secret werewolves and witches. And They've turned into the religious right. Yeah. Burning down. There towns. it is. We can we can make, draw whatever comparisons we want there um but they're they're people are going crazy on this plane um so we also at this time meet another planeswalker a red and white aligned stone mage named nahiri who's originally from zendikar oh she's she cool. was she was yeah, sealed she's super away cool. in the hell vault um she's single <laughs> um well why don't you why don't you hold off on that for a minute oh, damn. Um, so she was sealed away in the hell vault pre-mending she's a uh an quote-unquote old walker like soren and nicole bolas was and she gets out and feels those effects immediately so like she didn't know like the whole depowering happened because she was sealed away gets out and is immediately depowered and is unhappy about that and unhappy that Soren left her locked in the Hell Vault for so long. Um, so we we learn, kind of through narration by her, that um, Nahiri from Zendikar was the third planeswalker with Soren and Ugin that was there that helped seal away the Eldrazi. Mm. Okay. She kind of crafted these stones that acted as beacons that like called the Eldrazi to the plane so that the other two could trap them there. Um, she was hesitant to seal them on her plane on Zendikar because of how dangerous they were, but they convinced her that, you know, only Zendikar had enough mana to, to power all the magic they wanted to do to make it work. So she reluctantly agreed and, um, and they, they succeeded. They sealed them away. Um, she then came with Soren. Soren convinced her to come to um, Innistrad to help him create the Hell Vault and ha- and Avacyn. He was like, "Hey, that worked so well. I'm gonna use it on my plane to deal with like some of the more powerful monsters, so I don't need to worry about the humans as much." Um, and it was all hunky dory, except in one of the er- first attempts to use the Hell Vault. Um, Soren accidentally trapped Nahiri inside. Ooh. And rather than let it risk letting out the monsters that were trapped in there, like Gristlebrand would have been trapped in there at this time, he left her in there for a few thousand years. Ooh, bummer. <laughs> my, my B, my B. Um, so Nahiri, understandably upset about this, confronts Soren, and he somehow lets out that the Eldrazi are, have been released and are um, terrorizing Zendikar, which makes her even more upset. Uh, he doesn't know that the Gatewatch is defeated too at this point. Um, so Nahiri loses it. She can't believe 
Soren would be so selfish. Like that's was what she was worried about. Why she her res, had her reservations to begin with, and swears revenge. Um, so she starts setting up the same beacons on Zendikar, and calls or sets up the same beacons on Innistrad and calls Emrakul to Innistrad so that Soren can know what it's like to watch his plane be destroyed. Shoot. Yeah, she goes full rampage. Oh boy. So she manages to summon Emrakul, who had already been kind of looming around and what was causing all of the madness and strange things Jace had been noticing. Um, She summons Emrakul. Um, Emrakul appears and everything goes sideways. Um, Where where the other two Eldrazi were just kind of draining Zendikar of its resources, Emrakul, like, seems to just be fueled by madness and drives people insane, um, you know, acts a lot like Cthulhu in the Lovecraft stories, like, mm-hmm. just twists people to insanity, um, twists people into these half-Eldrazi abominations, and just lets, kind of lets Innistrad tear itself apart Fuck. Uh, through that. Um, Avacyn goes full madwoman. Um, she, she, she has a card in the set where she, it flips from a white angel to a red, like, um, That's cool. vengeful angel. Hmm. And so, gets so bad that Soren has to kill her, which is this big moment. Because Soren sees her as his daughter. Um, Nahiri really enjoyed watching Soren have to kill his daughter. She got, she got her, her jollies from that. Um, so Jace, been working with Tamyo, come up with a plan. Uh, Tamyo points out, I think uh, the, the Hell Vault got destroyed. I'm pretty sure Nahiri destroys the Hell Vault. Um, but Tamyo points out the similarities between the Hell Vault and the Moon. And thinks they might be able to trap Emrakul in the moon. Um, real quick, where's so you introduced um, Jace going to Liliana, but where is Liliana in all this? Or is she just kind of like, eh, I got my castle, whatever? She's kind of, <laughs> eh, I got my castle. She she shows up late in the game. She shows up kind of at the eleventh hour with a zombie okay. horde to help steer Emrakul towards the trap. Okay, but it's very it's very late. It's very like yeah, like things are looking grim. Liliana S. Machina to save the day Got it. kind of thing. Um, and so they do that. It works. They, they seal Emrakul in the moon. There's this nice, like, Emrakul-looking symbol now on the moon nice. of Innistrad uh, when it, you know, as it rises and sets. Um, however, while they had the moon activated or whatever to be this trap, uh, Nahiri uses that opportunity to kind of push Soren in as well and traps Soren in the moon with Emrakul. Oh, Bummer. Unbeknownst, unbeknownst to everyone else. And as she's pushing him in, it's kind of like, this is what you did to me, except no one's coming to let you out this time. Oh, fuck. Oh, like, God. <laughs> Yikes. Rough. Yeah. So she gets her revenge. Soren is now 
out of the picture. He's, he's moon soaring or moon Sephiroth. He's, he's moon Sephiroth. And um, so Liliana now having helped and having seen kind of the, the use of having a planeswalker friends says to herself like, Hey, I can get these guys to help me kill these demons. I can convince them that they're big multiverse baddies and we can kill them. Um, so she swears an oath and also joins the gate watch. All right. They have a black widow. Yep. Yes. One hell of an origin story. Yeah. Yes. Liliana wow. is still my favorite. I still like her the most. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, she's always cool when she shows up there. There really aren't a lot of, with the exception of boring Superman, there really aren't a lot of unlikable characters here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so boring Superman, actually, um, he's one of the, he, people actually clamored to have him be the face over Jace because people yeah. really didn't like whiny, angsty teen Jace for a while. But sure. where, where is, uh, Johnny Fairplay? A Johnny? Is he, is he in this a yet? A Johnny? <laughs> um, he is not. He, he has been on some of the other planes they've visited in between this story, but he hasn't met up with the Gatewatch yet. Got it. He's in, he's in the extended universe. Yeah, yeah more or less. Um, <laughs> so they, they go to like, they do a set on the ancient Greek-inspired plane, and he's there, and he helps the planeswalker involved in that story. And they wrap up the the Urza saga with um, the new Phyrexian block where Mirrodin gets transformed into Phyrexia. He's there, I believe. He shows up there. Okay. Um, but he's he he comes in during this next section, actually. Gotcha. Cool. So I set this whole thing up as Nicole Bolas is the big bad for the Gatewatch, and he's Thanos. We've been talking, been talking about the Eldrazi <laughs> so far. Yeah, he is. He's Thanos, he's taken a back seat. Um, but we're getting into we're getting into Nicole Bolas showing up too. So um he has been formulating his he's been finishing up his plan while the Gatewatch were all distracted with the Eldrazi. Um, and he's still out to regain the power he lost when the nature of being a planeswalker changed. Um he's been working with Tezzeret to procure some powerful artifacts. Um, he was actually behind the return of the Phyrexians on Mirrodin, but ex beyond that, the fact that they came back, there hasn't been anything else to do with that, so we don't know what his plan was there. But he keeps a, he keeps a, few, a few fires going, and this is the one he's stoking. So um, after defeating the Eldrazi on Zendikar, around the same time uh, Jace and Liliana and Tamyo um, seal away Emrakul Chandra and Nyssa return to Chandra's home plane Kaladesh um, to help Chandra finish the rebellion she had been a part of so a little backstory Kaladesh is this plane where artificers thrive it's another artifact set um, and they wor they've worked to kind of lock down and control all of the quote unquote dangerous mana on the plane and replaced it with this new resource called Aether. Um, the catch being the, the government or whatever you want to call it on this plane chooses who gets access to the Aether. So it's a, Ooh, okay. a power source mm. similar to, to mana, except it's controllable. It's a real unobtainium, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. 
Um, the re- the reason Chandra was kind of brought in originally, the captured originally in the the big explosion that ignited her spark was um, she's such a powerful pyromancer that she's been able to access the mana that they've locked away, and they didn't like that, so they were gonna kind of nip that in the bud, lock her up, not give anyone some false hope that mana is returning to them. Uh, the person kind of controlling all this, he's a, a law mage, also a planeswalker, named Dovin Ban. What is a law mage? Yeah, same um, question. <laughs> like, John Donaldson, mage at law. So he kinda, <laughs> it kind of plays out through, uh, in, in game mechanics, through um, like counter spells and um, okay. like stasis effects, like doesn't untap or like can't attack effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a, you know, he, he writes these laws and using magic, they, they become like these unbreakable, magically unbreakable laws in the world. He's a, so, he's a real hooted parties then. Yeah. He's yeah. a, su- he's a huge bummer. Um, <laughs> Uh, a, a giant wang and just just not fun. Um, and Tezzeret is there, who's also helped kind of craft the the machinations that let them control this aether. He he's kind of like a real like Iago of the story. Like Tezzeret's yep. just kind of like, and Tezzeret's there. Yeah. Yep. Tezzeret just kind of keeps showing up, um, doing doing Nicole Bolas's metalworking bidding. Yeah. Um. So, so that's what, that's the story. Um, Chandra and Nissa join back up with this rebellion, um, and come up with this plan to attack the, you know, the capital and free the mana, destroy the, the productions of Aether and, um, and fail. Chandra almost, um, goes supernova again and like shuts down as a like, no, I, you know, I promised I wouldn't do that. If I do it again, everyone will die. Um, Nissa helps calm her down, which um, kind of blossoms into this little love story between Chandra and Nissa um, that I hasn't gone anywhere else yet, but um, is part of that like listening to Tumblr phase I told you about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how that plays out. It's that's that a nice, tracks. it's a nice little um, love story they worked into the characters um so they fail a johnny shows up and um, swolcat swolcat shows there up he is and he's like hey i know you're afraid of using your whole power but what if you weren't because <laughs> that's what i do swolcat comes to mansplain to chandra is what I'm I, I think of it more as like a uncle iroh type moment like he okay. it's it's like, a pep talk yeah, he 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 magically pep talks her and they they go out and they do the thing and they they, you know, win back their their mana and everyone's happy. But but the the but there is uh Tezzeret steals this um this powerful device it was created in this like inventors fair that was going on when we first got on the plane. Um, that is a, it's a planner bridge, was, which is this he was laughing the whole yeah. way. Yeah. He's like, you, 
you might have won, but I still got what I wanted. And like, mm-hmm. but it's a device that opens portals to other planes and lets inorganic material cross the planes. So you don't need a planeswalker to send artifacts and other non-living things now through the multiverse. Hmm. Yeah. And um, he takes that back to Nicole Bolas. Went and built himself a Stargate. Yeah. Went and built, went, stole himself a Stargate. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Fresh off of three solid victories. The Gatewatch is feeling pretty good. Uh, they've got, they've got some good BDE going on. <laughs> and no one, no one unpack that for anyone. Good. If you don't know what that is, you're just going to have to Google if you it. Ask to, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. And make sure you Google it with, through the image search. Oh no. Ooh. Don't listen to Todd. <laughs> um, so they all, they all gather. The Gatewatch all assembles and uh, follow, they follow Tezzeret to the plane Amonket, uh, which can only be described as the ancient Egyptian plane. Sure. There's pyramids, mummies, desert, big river that gives everything life, like ancient Egypt in magic. And you got the idea. I, I have learned that anytime the letters N, K, and H are put together in that order <laughs> it is because egyptian yeah yes yeah. wizards got a bunch of uh, egyptian shit at a police auction and now they need to use it <laughs> and so they follow tezzeret to amonket and um learn that this is where nicole bolas has kind of been operating as his base of operations um they come in find out nicole bolas's influence is way more pervasive than they had managed um and still think like hey we'll win favor of the god of the gods this plane has gods um so like we'll win the favor of the gods they'll help us um we'll use that power to 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 take him down it'll be fine while they're working on that before they can win favor nicole bolas like hacks the system of this plane <laughs> uses his mind magic to convince all of the denizens of this plane that he is actually the like the true god above gods and because of the how faith and magic are tied on this plane like because people believe it it becomes true and he becomes the god pharaoh of Amonket like that is tight oh man yeah that's very silly and very awesome. Very silly, very cool. The gods that the Gatewatch have just won favor with have to now listen to Nicole Bolas because he is their god and Pharaoh, meaning all the work they just did to gain this power is gone. Um, so then Bolas, using his new power, takes on each of the Gatewatch and just wrecks them. Like not just wins but like humiliates and and ruins them so um when he fights jace he um removes he just starts stripping away jace's mind and memories until he forgets who he is <laughs> and like absently planes walks away to god knows where for chandra he removes all the control and like puts all that self doubt back in her um, to the point where she's like afraid to use her powers at all. And um, Gideon, he does 
the whole like mind he does mind control thing and makes him like choke himself with his which own. is perfect yeah yeah <laughs> nissa puts puts those like anti-elf doubts and um you know makes her doubt her friendships kind of high calls out that liliana is using them to further her own gains and basically puts enough distrust in nissa that she leaves and um you know says like i cancel my i I un- take back my oath. I am not part of the Gatewatch anymore. And she leaves. Liliana, seeing all this, is just like, nope, yeah. not that, <laughs> not <laughs> that into the cause. I've got my own thing. Like, I'm going to go kill my last demon. So with no one left on Amonkhet to oppose him, Nicole Bolas commands all his subjects, the entire plane, to sacrifice their, themselves to him. And turns them into mummies. Moving on to the next part of his plan. Whoa. Fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's intense. So these next two store like planes kind of happen at the same time. Uh, they both include a piece of the final parts of his plan before we move on to like enacting his plan. Um, so we're going to go to Ixalan and back to Dominaria. Kind of at the same time. We arrive on Ixalan with Jace, um, who has no memories of who he is, but he still has his magic. He still um, can do, you know, make illusions, um, has meant, can read minds. Um, Ixalan is kind of this plane of islands and ocean, and it's got vampire conquistadors, minotaur pirates. (laughs) There it is. And dinosaurs. Wait, that so sentence. Matt wasn't that far off what? with a pirate vamp or pirate zombies. Yeah. Yes. This is this is the greatest place ever. I think that yeah. all of those things have been enemies in Scooby Doo feature like <laughs> movies. <laughs> yes. Vampire conquistador. Minotaur pirates. <laughs> this was probably when I was like not through any fault of the the setting but like when i was least paying attention to the story so i might if i skip some things listeners please please yell at us loudly on the internet (laughs) you couldn't Um, get past vampire conquistador no i was really like uh, the 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 dinosaurs were what i was what i was here for because um that was one players had been like give us dinosaur planet forever and they finally did but i just like i didn't have the time or energy to read the stories at the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Jace Jace is sailing the seas and he meets up with and works with Braska, a Gorgon planeswalker. Um who helps him kind of get his memories back. They had run into each other before on Innistrad, or not Innistrad, on Ravnica. She's originally from Ravnica. Um so he remembers what he's forgotten. He tries to planeswalk off the plane and can't. He's got to find true love until he can break the spell. Veraska also <laughs> says, like, hey, I'm trapped here, too. I can't planeswalk as well. Um, but I think what's causing it is this um, powerful artifact on this, you know, far, um, far abandoned island called the Immortal Sun. So they find they find the treasure map. They 
you know, sail the seas to find the immortal sun. They fight off pirates. They fight through the dinosaurs guarding it. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, they're about to deactivate it or destroy it. They, they get there. They're about to just deactivate or destroy it when Vraska uh, does, uh, does a good heel face turn and is like, psych. I've been working for Nicole Bolas the whole time. Oh, that sucks. Oh, kind of oh, that shuts, sucks. shuts Jace back down. You mean you shouldn't have trusted the snake woman? Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and at that moment, Tezzeret open activates the planar bridge, opens a, a portal to Amonket, and Vraska passes the immortal sun through it to Nicole Bolas and leaves and, t- and planes walks away now that it's off the plane. Jace planeswalks back to Ravnica, kind of where he's made his home to lick his wounds again. It's a bad day for Jace. It's Jace had a, had, a, had a bad week. Does, yeah. had a bad thing. does Jace keep his memories after they have been yeah. restored? Okay. He sure does. Meanwhile, on Dominaria, Liliana's home plane, she is seeking out her last demon. Um, she's kind of learned that there's this cult that sprung up to worship the demon. Are the Phyrexians still there? No, the Phyrexians have been cleared out at this point. They're in near Phyrexia at this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But this cult is also led by her lich brother that she helped create. So she's got to confront that part of her past to to move on kind of thing. Um, Gideon is also there. Um, He's looking for a way to redeem himself after losing to Nicole Bolas. He gets mad and gets over it at Liliana. Um, once he learns that they, he, she was just using him to free, free herself from these demons, he's kind of like, well, if that's what you need, I'll help you. But like, if I do, you're, you're with us. Like you're full on if I help you with this. And she's like, and she's fine. She's yeah. If you help me, Free myself, I'll help you guys. Um, he, Gideon finds this, um, this sword, this legendary sword, which is a callback to some, some more early magic called the Black Blade, which I also didn't put a picture in here, but I should, because it's a cool sword. Uh, Liliana, with Gideon, you know, confronts her brother. She lifts the spell that makes him a lich, and and moves past that. Um, she kills her last demon and is finally free. Or so, so she thinks. There Uh-oh. it is. Yeah. No. Um, so Gideon leaves. He's like, cool, I'm going to go gather the gate watch. You uh, meet up with us on Ravnica. And um, well, there we'll come up with a new plan. As soon as she leaves, Tezzeret appears to Liliana um, and takes her to see Nicole Bolas. Goddamn Starscream. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She uh, there, Nicole Bolas reveals that um, at some point in the last couple hundred years, he actually purchased her contract from the demons. Of course he did. (laughs) And if they all died, um, control of her would actually fall to um, to him. And that is like the last piece of his plan 
that has needed to fall into place. Man, like Nicole Nicole Bolas is playing some like four dimensional chess with he's, them. Oh, he's yeah. like a real bitchy Thanos. Like he's Thanos, but he's Thanos with a grudge. Well, oh, he, yeah. he's he's way more Negan in like planning and carry out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's um it's very much part of his character. He is he is spiteful and petty and like yeah. enjoys the the twisting of the knife part of it way more than Thanos did. Um, he is, he is that dragon. Um, so he's, we move on. He's to, more Megan, less Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we move on to the war of the spark, which is the, the set that just came out. Um, and it takes place on Ravnica. So on Ravnica, Nicole Bolas used all the mana he gathered from Alara and moves his temple from Amonkhet to Ravnica. Just like straight up, like converges that part of Amonkhet onto Ravnica. And he's got this big temple that just like appears and is on Ravnica now. He activates the same, a similar beacon that uh, Nahiri used to summon the Eldrazi but it's tuned to summon planeswalkers and commands all these planeswalkers uh, to come to Ravnica, like more than we've met throughout this story, and activates the immortal sun, trapping them all there. So he's moved his base and trapped hundreds, if not thousands, of planeswalkers on this plane. Then, using the Planar Bridge and his newly acquired Necromancer to command them, um, has Liliana move all of the zombie mummified zombies through the bridge to Ravnica. Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. Um, and starts ripping out the sparks of all the planeswalkers he had summoned to give to him. Oh, to like shit try and reclaim his power. Now he's Syndrome from the Incredibles! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, let me just to tie back to part one. So, his motivation, right, is to get back to being, like, that, like, immortal, like, demigod status. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. We're caught up now. We are now caught up with, like, that arc of the story. Um... And there is an ending to War of the Spark. Uh, one side does win, um, but I'm I'm also gonna be that guy and be like, it's the most current set. You want to know what happens? Go figure it out. I'm buying a go fat buy, pack right now. Go buy the cards or download <laughs> MTG Arena. Um, play the game. See what happens because it's really cool. Um, we get some really uh, there's we get some really cool uh, moments out of this story. Um, Holy this shit! This was one. This was one I followed the the release of pretty closely because it was really cool. The first um, thing that came up was Nico Bolas, Dragon God. Holy yeah. shit! Oh that man, looks that's awesome. awesome. Um, he so he does he like he brought over mummified versions of like the Amonkhet gods too, which is a whole cool thing because so, so there's um they are legendary creatures, zombie gods in War of the Spark. 
if that doesn't make you want to run out and spend all your money his on ultimate is just each opponent that doesn't control a legendary or planeswalker loses the game <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh oh man all right fuck so his plan has come to fruition sure has and we will well that uh, that's where i'll leave it it all shakes out from there but i'll leave it there and and let you go figure it out um questions comments concerns Ooh, hot damn i am um i'm i'm definitely okay so i'm not gonna go buy the cards what i will do is google how it ends because <laughs> i because i want to know but i'm also not gonna buy the cards i don't i don't have my finger hovering over my shopping cart on amazon like andrew does i've already bought them it's done <laughs> <laughs> the transaction is cleared he paid extra for thank, one day shipping they'll be here thank tomorrow. god for google pay <laughs> they're getting dropped off by a drone onto his rooftop uh-huh Get at me, Matt, Wizards of the Coast. I will, <laughs> I will rep you all day. This is awesome. Yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of said it when you did the first half that, one, I didn't know there was a cohesive story, um, which leads to, two, being I didn't know it was a good story. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I think, I think the beginning seemed a, a little convoluted of, like, episode one, just because, obviously, I don't think they had this all planned when they launched the beginning of this. Obviously, you know? yeah. And, but, like... Everything you said, especially in the second half of this, like, oh, you know, the the what were they called? The gatekeepers? The gatewatch. Like, yeah, the gatewatch. Oh, the gatewatch. They've been created. This is great. And then all the pieces of the puzzle that like perfectly fell in after that is very, very neat. Like yeah. that is all I could think is like I wanna see some of these reveals on the big screen. Yeah. Like like the right. thought of the thought of like Bolas being like, oh, that's right. I bought your contract. And since you killed everyone else, you're mine. Yeah. And and you can Sorry. do with, with a long running series like this, I, I love that you can just end stuff badly. You can leave things on a bad cliffhanger. Um they definitely like when they left Mirrodin, New Phyrexia, that that was a no one won there. Like Mirrodin lost. Phyrexia is is there now and all the Mirians are dead. Um Nicole Bolas, like his plan happened. He he did this he did his version of the snap and and how are they gonna fix it? Yeah. Um definitely happened. Like all I can say is I'm very excited that I get to say I can't wait to watch this now on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Directed by the Russo brothers. Yeah. yeah. It's very good timing. So I want to take a page out of Todd's book and ask you to make some baseless accusations here. But what do you think the Netflix series is going to be over? Uh, and I'm I saw the cover art, but didn't know enough about this part of magic to know which of the characters we talked about today popped up on the promo art for the series on Netflix. So the promo art is is um, it's a back shot of. Chandra, I believe. Um, the r early rumors are that it's actually not gonna be on like the. It'll be in these places, but not necessarily this story. So I don't know what that mm. means. But I predict if if they're gonna tell a if they're gonna do a serial and not like an anthology series, like so if they go like chapter by chapter, like game of thrones and not like black mirror where each episode is its own thing yeah they'll 
use this as their framework. Yeah. Um, this is their, you know, this is what the branding has been. Um, the Urza saga is very like nineties nerd. And this is very like mainstream two thousands nerd. Well, so I think is, this is the, the, this reflects the company now. And this, this, I mean, and this is what the cards are going to yeah, be. And this too. is what like, they want to sell. Right? This is what's going to make you go out and buy the new cards. Um, right. So, that's what I predict they'll do. I think they'll also, um, I imagine they'll also work in some of the Urza Saga stuff and some of the side, the side quests they went on while they were telling these stories, this story, because they're good stories and there are good characters in there. Um, you know, there, there's a whole, there's a whole, like we've touched on, maybe a third of the, the planeswalkers they've um, fleshed out since they started this half of the story. Like there's a whole two thirds of story that just, we couldn't touch on just because it didn't tie into this. So nice. They'll, they'll pull from all of it, I think, but I think the bulk of it will be based on this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That track. And that was really cool. That was, I was like, I, when we started it too, I was like, I don't know if this is going to beat the Urza stuff because the the Phyrexian, the robot zombies was was pretty pretty tight, but boy did they stick the landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the they they really brought it home well. Um, it was it was iffy when it started out if they were gonna do do the story justice or if they were just gonna be kind of a knockoff Avengers, and I think they found they found the middle where. They aren't knockoff Avengers, but they do hit some of the good superhero movie tropes, and it's good. Yeah, it is really interesting, too. I mean, you said it a couple minutes ago, but the Urza stuff feels like very 90s storytelling, and mm -hmm. this stuff feels a lot more like what is consumable pop culture after 2010. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's a really interesting difference. Obviously, Hasbro has something to do with that, but it's a really interesting right. difference in storytelling for Wizards of the Coast between like the very 90s, all of these open trails and opportunities and different little pieces that may or may not fit in somewhere to now everything ties back together and every out loop you take comes back to the central storyline. Right. Well, I right. I I know I made this comparison in the last episode, but I can't help to keep coming back to Warcraft and and by extension Starcraft as analogy. Um because if you think back to the original Warcraft game, it was just like, oh, the humans versus the orcs. Like it was the story yeah. of the conflict, but what really set Warcraft apart was I would argue Warcraft 3, which it was not the story of the orcs versus the humans, it was the story of Thrall. It was the story yeah. of yeah. I'm uh, Grom Hellscream. Like it was, it introduced the idea of all these hero characters, characters that you follow in not just one game, but like you follow them through Warcraft three, you follow them in as side characters in other stories and how they all evolve. And you see the world, the changes through their eyes rather than from a 30,000 foot view. And Matt, to your point, like that is a very diff, a very clear shift in storytelling and like around the mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yep. that just the That's inclusion of hero characters. Um, yeah. And instead of giving people a world and a race to learn about, giving people 
one concrete person or a group of concrete people to right. put their fan fandom behind. And to ship, because everybody needs to ship characters. It's true. <laughs> so, and um, I, I mentioned how they they very much listened to their um, to their audience on like Twitter and Tumblr. Um, you can still go on to um, the head designer of Magic right now. Still has an active Tumblr account. Um, I think it's like it's Blogatog is what it is. Um, and he'll he still answers questions. He still fields these kinds of questions and like um you know if you make a suggestion that he likes he'll be like hmm we'll we'll tuck that away or if you if you hint on a on a story thread they might have planned but haven't worked in yet he might just like give you a little winky face emoji like hmm stay tuned like so they're very still very active they very much want to listen to what uh the people who do care about the story have to say I think it, you know, it's paid off. It, we've gotten, you get some really good of these character moments because they, they know what people want and they listen. Yeah. And that's great to see too, yeah. because there are, I think fewer and fewer large entities like that who are so willing to um, listen to the fans and make what people want as opposed to what the larger entity thinks will work. And they've even they've come out a few times and even said like they'll they'll say like hey we thought you guys would like this we were wrong like we we hear you <laughs> you don't like it we'll like we'll we'll fix it in the story mm-hmm. going forward kind of thing so like they they uh, they listen they they admit when they do things that people don't like um, they don't. You know, I've never seen them double down on a bad decision once they've been it's been brought to their attention. So it's uh, it's good. It, I have a lot of hope for them going forward, especially with the Netflix series coming out. I think that's going to be really, really cool. It, it helps that they've effectively created a foolproof machine to print money twice a year. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that they, um, you know made the whole made the loot box system before loot boxes were even a thing yeah oh Um, yeah and hasbro saw that and was like hey let's get let's let's pull lootbox.company into our uh family of products let's let's get some more uh old man republicans behind this anyway um (laughs) we have some stuff we want to anything we want to plug wrap up thoughts here i i wish there was more fighting cat I was also a little underwhelmed with the lack of fighting cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted more soul cat. Okay, well, it, put put maybe, it on the Tumblr. Maybe, maybe part three won't be Ravnica, but will be soul cat instead. <laughs> we'll be Thundercat, uh, the tales of a Johnny Thundercat instead. We'll we'll see how this one goes. Gotcha. Um, real quick, just a couple housekeeping things. So if you're still listening, thank you. Um, but also, um. We love Magic the Gathering. We're probably going to talk about it some more. Also, we love doing flavor text, and we want to keep doing flavor text. So if you do are interested in hearing about any other pieces of lore out there, please feel free to tweet at us at DebateThisCast. Also, when this comes out, I think we will probably have up our recording for the Full Metal Bazinga podcast. (laughs) Um, And if not, it should come up pretty soon after this. Um, you should definitely, if you're interested in weird sci-fi, definitely I cannot encourage enough to go check out Full Metal Bazinga. 
Um, it is our friends at Left Trigger, Right Trigger, um, uh, Giovanni, who uh, among whom Giovanni was on a couple episodes ago. We talked about the Mario Bros. movie. Um, they had spent about eight months doing this completely improvised science fiction fantasy story about the final season of the Big Bang Theory. And it is none of none of the words that Andrew just said were an accident. And like that was those yeah. were meant to be in that Very order to describe this podcast. Yeah. And it is weird. It is wonderful. It is ridiculous. It's and very. We had a very good time doing it. It's yeah. very weird and fun. And um, we'll put those what fifteen or twenty minutes of content we recorded for yeah, him for sure. out as a as a special episode here soon if it's not out already. If that's it, um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I had a lot of fun again doing this. I'm Kyle, uh, your magic lore master, Harper. I'm Todd, a big old fighting cat with a big old axe, Thomas. Uh, I am Andrew, bring back slow cat, Henderson. I am Matt, Khajiit has planeswalkings and planeswalkers have coin, Cole. Saying thanks for listening to us, and if you didn't like anything we had to say today, come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs>